Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Welcome to Episode 7 of Season 5 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Today we bring you the episode, Gildy Goes on a Diet, from the Great Gildersleeve, originally broadcast on January 4th, 1942, and starring Harold Perry, Lillian Randolph, Walter Tetley, and Lorreen Tuttle. The second program is The Dog Gets Danny Evicted from The Danny Kay Show, originally broadcast on February 17th, 1945. Now sit back and enjoy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Kraft presents The Great Gildersleeve. week at this time, from Hollywood, California, Kraft presents Harold Perry as the Great Gildersleeve, written by Leonard L. Levinson. We'll hear from the Great Gildersleeve in just a moment. But first, times like these call for real thrift. Yes, we must save money to buy defense bonds, to help in any way we can. But we must be careful to economize wisely especially when we economize on food, because the health and well-being that comes from nourishing food are vitally important, too. That's why delicious parquet margarine, the modern margarine made by Kraft, is a good thing to know about these days. First, parquet is so good-tasting, your family will want to spread it thick on toast, hot rolls, and bread. And parquet margarine is an economical source of food values important to a balanced diet. Parquet is a wholesome, nourishing food, one of the best sources of food energy there is. What's more, serving your family parquet margarine is a dependable way to give them vitamin A because every pound of parquet contains 9,000 units of this important vitamin. So why not start serving parquet margarine tomorrow? It's perfectly delicious for table use and for baking and pan frying too. Yes, you can economize wisely without sacrificing nourishment or flavor if you use parquet, spelled P A R. K-A-Y. And now let's visit our friend, the great Gildersleeve. Here you are, Mr. Gildersleeve. I cut your extra large portion of roast on account of you must be extra hungry. Well, why should I be extra hungry, uh, Bertie? Because you didn't touch your soup or your salad. Uh-huh. I know you. You saving up your appetite for the serious bills, the meat and the potatoes. Yes, yeah, serious, the meat and potatoes. Well, to tell the truth, Bertie, I don't think I'll have any. Uh, you didn't fill up on hot dogs while you was out now, did you? Why, what a question, as if I would. Oh, you didn't, did you, Uncle Moore? Marjorie, do I look like a man who stuffed himself with a lot of sandwiches and soft drinks between meals? Well, Uncle Moore... Uh, Leroy, I was asking your sister Marjorie. Well... I can tell soon enough. Huh? If you eat your dinner properly, then the suspicions I I positive of now will prove to be completely erroneous to my total surprise and everlasting amazement. <laughs> now, Bertie, you're a wonderful cook. 
You've got a right to be proud of your work, but did it ever occur to you that there might be some other reason why I'm not eating my dinner? Such as, for instance, what? Uh, well, it's, uh, it's like this. Uh, yes, I've got it. Funny how I almost forgot. <laughs> Funny how you just remembered. Uh, what is it, Mr. Gilsey? Well, I suppose I should have told you about this before, but I've gone on a diet. A diet? A diet, for heaven's sake. It was kind of sudden, wasn't it, Unc? Yes. No. It was one of my New Year resolutions. But this is the first you've mentioned it, Uncle Morton. New Year's was on Thursday. Oh, was it? Oh, yes, of course it was. <laughs> it always comes on Thursday, doesn't it? Oh, no, that's Thanksgiving. Well, I've been thinking it over ever since I made this resolution, and I think I'll try it out for, uh, say, a day or so. Oh, you should try it out longer than that, Uncle Throckmorton. But suppose he gets hungry. Well, of course he'll get hungry. That's the purpose of a diet. Not this one. You see, the real reason uh, I'm... Leroy, <laughs> remember the old Chinese saying, small boy who talk big seldom get invited to basketball games second time. <laughs> Excuse me for standing here with this here plate of food in my hand, but is you on this diet or is you isn't? I is, Bertie. I mean, I am. I'm sorry. It's a delicious-looking dinner, but... Well, you better uh, take it away, Bertie. We must do all we can to help Uncle Mort keep his resolution. Yes, but I wish I knew more about this diet business ahead of time. It wouldn't have been necessary to practically ruin a perfectly lovely cow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I think it's just bad of you to go on this diet, Uncle. Huh? And I'm going to do everything I can to help you stay on it. Oh, well, isn't that nice of you? <laughs> now, if you can't eat, at least you can smoke. You smoke? By George, you're right. And you haven't even started that box of cigars I got you for Christmas. Oh, yes, them. <laughs> Where are you going, Marjorie? I'll bring you those cigars. Oh, my goodness, Leroy. I received some horrible Christmas cigars in my day, but these are a new low. <laughs> it's the first time I've seen cigars made out of cigar coupons. <laughs> Gee, if you don't smoke them, she'll feel bad. If I do, I'll feel a lot worse. <laughs> I'm telling you, Leroy, a single whiff from one of those punk perfectos. Nah, back already, my dear. <laughs> Here they are, Uncle Mort. Uh? Oh, I just can't wait to see your eyes light up when you light up one of these cigars. Uh, it looks like it got a glow, Uncle. <laughs> <laughs> well, to tell the truth, Margie, my dear, I. Uh, I also made a New Year's resolution to curtail my smoking. Oh, well, in that case, you can cut these in two. What? That way they'll last twice as long. Oh, I, I better save them, Marjorie. I think I'll give up smoking altogether for the time being. That was a smart move, Uncle Mort. Yeah. Well, in that case, I'll just hide the box so you won't be tempted to take any. Oh, you needn't do that, my dear. I feel sure that they're strong enough to keep me at a safe distance. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm strong enough to keep them at a safe distance, uh, it's saved by the bell. Oh, Bertie's busy in the kitchen. I'll get it. Yeah. Gee, Uncle, aren't you getting pretty deep with those New Year's resolutions? Well, Leroy, you talk as if I were insincere. Oh, are you? Young man, that's neither here nor there. Well, look who's here. Judge Hooker. That oh, old Judge. buffalo. Yeah, I hope I haven't come butting into the middle of your dinner, Gildersleeve. Oh, no. In fact, Uncle Mort isn't having any dinner. You aren't, Gildy? What's the matter? Sick? No, I'm not sick. <laughs> going on a diet, Judge. Isn't that wonderful? I'd say it is. Why, do you realize that with Gildersleeve here on a diet, this country won't have to worry about a food shortage? (laughs) (laughs) Very funny. I'll bet you put on ladies' hats at parties, too. (laughs) And not only that, Unc's given up smoking. Oh, now, wait a minute. 
Don't you know, old man, that if you don't smoke, you're bound to eat more, and if you go on a diet, you'll naturally smoke a lot? You just can't do both of them at once. Hey, I hadn't thought of that. Oh, the ordinary person might not be able to, but Uncle Mort is really a man of iron. Uh, who, me? Yes, you're just a little rusty, that's all. Ah, <laughs> oh, go on. Gildy couldn't keep a resolution like that any longer than Hitler can keep a promise. Is that so? Don't judge everybody by the way you judge yourself, Judge. Well, if I wanted to, I could stay on a vegetable diet and keep away from tobacco for, uh, for a whole week. Yes. And lose ten pounds, too. Gildy, it's a good thing for you I'm on the Superior Court bench. Otherwise, I'd make some money betting you you couldn't. Oh, hiding behind your legal gown, eh? Well, it's lucky for you you're not betting. Why? How much would you put up? Uh, any amount of money. Fifty dollars? A hundred dollars. Too bad you're afraid to bet, Judge. Who's afraid? I'll take you up. Yeah, but, but you can't do that, how would it look if anyone found out that the Superior Court judge was gambling? But this isn't gambling, Gildy. It's not? No, this is a sure thing. <laughs> That's what you think, Judge. But here's what I, I'm going to take you to the cleaners. And it's a bet, huh? Yes, sir. No meats, no sweets and cigars, and ten pounds off in a week. Is that right? Right. Shake. Shake. Well, this is going to be the easiest hundred dollars I've ever picked up. Don't you think so, Leroy? Don't you think so, Marjorie? Oh, my goodness, I should have gotten odds on this bet. <laughs> Good morning, Leroy. Good morning, Marjorie. Good morning, Bertie Lee Coggins. Better fix a great big breakfast for me. What'd you just say, Mr. Gilfley? A uh, lovely day, isn't it? I've got an enormous appetite this morning. You better bring me three or four scrambled eggs and some bacon. Oh, no. I'm in more of a ham mood this morning. Whoa, damn, Mr. Gilfley. Haven't you forgotten something? Oh, yes, of course, some waffles. No, Uncle Mort. You've forgotten all about your diet. What? Oh, oh, yes. Well, I've changed my mind about that. But you can't, Unc. You bet Judge Hooker $100 you'd lose 10 pounds inside a week. Oh, yes, yeah, so I did. Well, I fixed a real non-fattening breakfast for you, Mr. Gill, please. Uh, non-fattening you have? What is it? A nice big glass of hot water and lemon juice. <laughs> what a sour way to start the day. How did I ever get into this? Well, don't you remember, Uncle? Quietly, Roy. <laughs> Never mind breakfast, Bertie. I'm going to drive downtown and get to work. But I intend using the car this morning, Uncle Moore. You? Well, what am I supposed to do, walk? Well, of course. The exercise is going to help you lose that ten pounds. It's exercise? But I can't walk all the way downtown, especially on an empty stomach. Oh, yes, you can, Mr. Gilfley. You just keep your coat buttoned and nobody will notice it. Yeah. Uh, that walk down here sure made me hungry. Uh, oh, miss? Uh, miss? Uh, good morning. Do you wish for some breakfast? Yes, I want a lot of breakfast. I want half a grapefruit, a baked apple, a breakfast steak, not too small, and some potatoes. Uh, what kind? Hash brown, french fried, and mashed? Yes. Yes, which? Yes, all three. <laughs> I want some cooked cereal, hot cakes, a pair of eggs, sunny side up, toast and coffee. You got it? Uh, yes, sir. On the number two breakfast? Yes, on the number two breakfast. Oh, I'm sorry, sir, but all that doesn't come down on the number two breakfast. Yeah. You could have it on the number six breakfast, except it comes cheap a la carte. Oh, la carte. Well, all right, let me have it any way I can get it, just so it's quick. And, miss, yes. uh, bring me a glass of hot water and lemon juice. Put it down right here in front of me so I can sneer at it. Yes, sir. <laughs> hmm, it's 
some people. Uh-huh. Well, I hope she hurries. My stomach feels like an Arizona rain barrel in July. I'm telling you, for the last time, Irwin, not another dollar until... Hello. What are you doing here, Gildersleeve? What? Uh, oh, hello, Judge Hooker. Well, I never expected to see you here. I'll bet you didn't. What are you doing here? Well, I uh, just dropped in for... Uh, let me see. Oh, yes, uh, for a glass of hot water and lemon juice. Uh, well... Gildersleeve, I want you to meet my brother-in-law, Erwin Pidge. Who? Erwin, this is Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. The pleasure's all mine. Yes, <laughs> Well, uh, don't let me detain you. I'll see you soon, Judge. What are you so nervous about, Gildy, old pal? Uh, who, me? Oh, I'm not nervous. Not a bit, not a bit, not a bit. Oh, yes, you are. Otherwise, why are you putting salt on your finger? If what? Oh, I thought it was celery. <laughs> oh, you're a case, Gildy. Uh, Isn't he, Erwin? Yeah, he acts as if he's got a guilty conscience. <laughs> you kiss your guilty conscience. It is what is known as a play on whites. Yes, yes. We know, Erwin. Say, you are acting rather suspicious, Throckmorton. Uh, who, me? Yes, you. Now, you're not trying to cover up something like going off that diet and losing the bet, are you? Why, Judge Hooker, how can you think of a thing like that? Uh, excuse me, mister. How do you have it? Rare, medium, or well done? Uh, oh, uh, uh, bring me the lemon juice and water. Well done, please. Oh, but I didn't mean the lemon juice and water. I meant the... Oh, yes, the toast. Well, I'll have mine rare, yes. Now, run along, girl, and tell the chef. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Gildersleeve, this looks mighty fishy. Now, Judge. I'd like to stick around a while and see just what you have ordered. And now, Judge. However, I'd be late for court, so I have to leave. Now, Judge? Yeah. <laughs> Bye, Gildersleeve. Yeah, goodbye, Hooker. Come on, Erwin. Yeah. Oh, say, there's an idea. Oh, me? Yes, you. I got a job for you, Irwin. Stick around with Gildersleeve here for the next few days. Now, wait a minute. What's the big idea? I want Irwin here to see that you stick to the terms of our bet. But, but Judge, don't you trust me? Well... Then why waste Irwin's valuable time? Oh, he hasn't anything else to do, have you, Irwin? Not until a baseball season starts anyways. Oh, uh, are you a player? No, nah, but I'm a sort of celebrity in my own right. Oh. Hey, did you ever go out to the ballpark and hear the guy who sits over near third base and yells, throw that bum out? Oh, is that you? No. I'm the guy what sits in back of him and yells down, shut up, you louse. <laughs> You stay around Mr. Gildersleeve for the next few days, Erwin. And remember, if he smokes or goes off his vegetable diet, that means he loses his bet. Yes. Okay, Judge, I'll keep my eye on him. You can rest insured. Yes, <laughs> Bye, Gildy. Watch your step now, or that hundred smackers is mine. Yeah. Hey, he's a great guy to judge the salt of the earth. The very salt. Yes. Hey, what's so great about the salt of the earth anyways? <laughs> Well, sit down, Irwin. I'll try to explain. It's all of the earth. You see, in ancient times... Excuse me, please. Here you are. Oh, oh, no. Uh, that's not for me, lady. Uh, this is all for my friend here. All I want is this glass of hot water and lemon juice. Uh, don't I? <laughs> uh, pitch in, Irwin. For me? Say, I'm going to like this job. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Gildersleeve, but I still don't get it. What's so extra special about the salt of the earth? Uh, look, Irwin, you followed me around for two days, haven't you? Yeah, two days and two nights. And during most of that time, I've tried to explain it to you, haven't I? Uh-huh. And you still don't understand, do you? 
Uh-uh. Well, let's skip it. It's a mere bag of tell. Oh, that's a good one. What's that? Well, it's French, and it means... Berwin, wouldn't you be happier in some cozy, warm pool room? Oh, no, I like being with you. It reminds me of the time I was a deputy sheriff. <laughs> oh, you were a deputy sheriff. Mm. The judge's influence, no doubt. Yeah, I used it to take prisoners up to the state pen until I had my accident. Oh, you had an accident. What happened? Well, one of the prisoners stole my badge and had me locked up. Yeah. <laughs> hey, where are you going now, Mr. Gillisleep? I'm going right here to the YMCA. Yeah. I'm thinking of taking some reducing exercises. You want to wait outside? No, I'll come along with you. Well, I was afraid of that. Oh, look, they got a pool table. Oh, maybe I can promote myself a game, huh? Yes, Erwin, maybe you can. You stick around here while I go into the gymnasium. Hey, say, fellas, how about letting me join you? All right, class, all right. All together now. A one, a two, a right, a left, a shut, the door, a wedding, you want, seven, eight. Come on, speak up. I came to see about my weight, a down, up, a straight, a stoop. Why don't you join our fat men's group? Uh, now, see here, mister, I'm not that fat, and I didn't come here to be insulted. Goodbye. A one, a two, huh? a three, a four. You're going out the wrong door. Uh, what do you mean? Now, now, fats, the boys, don't give me... Dolly, why, sir, that door, he's in the alley. It, it does? Well, splendid. Now I can dodge a pest that's been bothering me. A one, a two, goodbye to you. Ah, <laughs> uh, free at last. Now for the nearest cigar store. Hey, Mr. Gillis, please. Hey, wait for me. Oh, jumping jeeps, Irwin. <laughs> Say, this is just like being a deputy sheriff again. Uh, <laughs> Irwin, weren't you playing pool? With them guys? They was playing for matches. Yes. <laughs> hey, n- now tell me, what's with the salt of the yoke? What makes it better like the salt of the sea, for instance? Yeah. Excuse me, Miss March, but I fixed Mr. Gillsleeve's dinner. An imitation porterhouse steak made out of roasted peanuts and dandelion greens. You think he'll eat it? Oh, I don't know, Bertie. What does it taste like? Tastes like roasted peanuts and dandelion greens. <laughs> Poor Uncle Mort. I think he'd break down and cry if we could slip him a pork chop when that Irwin wasn't looking. Gee, I wish this whole business was over. Uncle Mort isn't any fun anymore. When he isn't groaning and complaining, he's mad at everybody or, or trying to tear the telephone book in two. Well, I tried to get Mr. Gillsleeve to give up that uh, diet of his, but he's stubborner than a balky mule caught in a tar pit on a hot afternoon. Why, that man, oh, there he is now. Everybody take to the side, cold fellas. Yeah, good afternoon, everybody. Hello, Bertie. How are you, my boy? And Marjorie. You're even more beautiful than usual, my dear. Uh-oh, something's wrong. Yeah, huh? Jill, do you feel all right? Yes. Maybe you'd like to rest a while, Uncle Moore. Nonsense. I never felt better. You know what happened? That Irwin, who's been shadowing me, had to go home. He's got a stomach ache. Yeah, now, maybe I can have a decent meal at last. Well, thank goodness. I've just been itching to fix you some nutriment that don't taste like sawdust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I can throw that imitation steak and fix you a real good one. Yeah, that's right. And some biscuits and jam. And a hunk of pie. And hurry up, Bertie. Yes, I'm going. Yeah. I better catch the door on the way. Yeah. Oh, hello. Yeah, hurry up, Bertie. Uh, yes, Mr. I'm going to get you that roast peanut and dandelion green stick right now. Yeah, Bertie, what do you mean? We've got 
without a visitor, and it's Judge Hooker. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, hello there, Gildersleeve. Yeah. Irwin phoned me. He was too sick to stay with you, so I came right over myself. Why, Judge? Because I have a sneaking suspicion that you're responsible for Irwin's stomachache. Side of the road, Leroy. Yes. Gee, they got a horse to pull theirs. Yes, I wish we had. You getting tired, Unc? Oh no, I, I can. <laughs> I can go on a while, Leroy. Oh boy, I think this is fun. Yes, you would. <laughs> but tell the truth, I, I don't think I'm going to lose any weight this way unless I freeze it off. What's the matter, Unc? Cold? Not any longer, Leroy. I'm, I'm numb. I hope I'll be able to get my nose defrosted Wait till we get to the top of this hill, Uncle Mort It'll be keen sliding down Well, I I don't know if we're going to get to the top, my boy This sled is a pretty heavy load Oh, no, it isn't, Unc Oh, yes, it is How about us two changing places? But why? Well, I feel sort of funny sitting on this sled While you pull me all the way up the hill Waitress, have you brought everything I ordered? Uh, yes, sir. Here it is. Uh, Cream of mushroom soup. Good. Lobster salad. Mm-hmm. Filet of sole. Yeah, with marjorie sauce. Chicken a la king. My favorite fowl. Uh, baked potatoes. Yeah, big ones, too. Artichoke. Artichoke. And black bottom pie with whipped cream. Oh, boy. Say, how about the cream corn? Oh, right here, sir. Uh, at last. For the first time in days, I'll really be able to give my bicuspids a romp. And am I going to make up for all those meals I've been missing? Huh? What's that? Uh, who's there? Uncle Mort! Uncle Mort, wake up! What? If, where am I? You're still in bed and it's half past nine already. Get up, Uncle Mort! <laughs> oh, Leroy, why did you have to knock at that moment? I was just about to have a dream of a dinner. <laughs> For, Uncle Mort. Oh, that's a steam cabinet, Marjorie. What you gonna steam, Unc? Me. <laughs> I'm gonna lose that ten pounds if I have to poach myself parboiled. Oh, I'd be, I'd be careful if I were you, Uncle. Oh, it's so simple, Leroy could operate it. Gee, can I? In a moment. Now run along, Marjorie, while we try it out. All right, but don't try to lose too much at once, Uncle. Yeah. How much weight have you lost so far, Uncle? Well, I don't know quite for sure, Leroy. These bathroom scales have such small figures. It's hard to read from where I stand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hard to read around a curve, too. <laughs> what do you mean, Leroy? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, my chest does get in the way a little. <laughs> Why don't you step on the scales now and I'll read the figures? Oh, a capital idea, Leroy. Yeah. Careful. Oh, my goodness. I've taken on weight, not off. Are you sure? If sure, I'm sure. Here, hold my robe, Leroy. I'm getting into this steam box right now. Yeah. Now, now please turn that knob on the side, Leroy. Like this? Yeah. Uh, I can feel the weight dropping off already. Uh, turn it on some more, Leroy. Okay. 
It's foggy, isn't it? What? <laughs> what? Don't, don't turn it on anymore. I can't hear you. What did you say? <laughs> it don't turn it on anymore. Oh, more! Oh! <laughs> stop, Leroy. It feels like I'm on fire. Fire? Okay. Oh, not fire. <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Hey, what's the trouble, Uncle? I am. <laughs> it's turned down the steam. I can't. It's so foggy, I can't find the knob. Uh, open the door and let me out. Where are they? I can't see anything. If you hurry up, Leroy, I'm roasting. Do something. Oh, gee whiz, what do I do? Get a plumber? No, get a doctor. <laughs> Never heard of such foolishness in all my experience. Yes, Doctor. A man your size and shape, Gildersleeve, trying to boil himself down to skin and bones. I did? And you, Judge Hooker, trying to gamble your friend's health away. I'm sorry. I never thought it would come to this. Why, as a result of this foolish wager, Mr. Gildersleeve is not only suffering from malnutrition, nervous exhaustion, and anemia, but also from blisters. Yes. <laughs> oh, I wish I'd never made that bet. Would it make you feel any better if I called it off, Gildy, old man? It would it. That's the nicest thing that's happened to me in a week. And it's mighty sporting of you, Judge Hooker. And better rest now, Gildersleeve. I'll be back tomorrow. Yeah. Come on, Judge. All right. Goodbye, Throckmorton. I'll phone to find out how you're getting along. Yeah, thanks, Judge. Goodbye, Doc. Goodbye. Bye. Uh, <laughs> uh, Leroy. Yes, Uncle Mort. How are you feeling? Much better. The judge just canceled our bet. Gee, that means you saved $100. Yes, but I still can't understand why I gained weight. I dieted and exercised, I didn't smoke, and yet I went up from 225 when I began to 230 now. Oh, no, no, you don't weigh 230. I said 213. What? You mean I lost 12 pounds? Where's that Judge Hooker? Wait till I get my hands on that little welcher, I'll kill him. <laughs> Great Gildersleeve will be with us again in a few minutes. But first, these days it's more important than ever to know the facts about the foods you buy. So here are a few facts about parquet margarine, made by Kraft, so you can judge its goodness yourself. First, parquet margarine is a wholesome vegetable margarine, made of refined American vegetable oils that are highly nutritious and rich in energy value. These oils give parquet margarine its wholesome nourishment and make it one of the best energy foods you can serve. Another thing, parquet margarine is a reliable year-round source of vitamin A. Now, that's important. It means that summer and winter, there are always 9,000 units of vitamin A in every pound of parquet, and never less. As for parquet margarine's flavor, one taste will tell you how delicate and appetizing it is. Kraft, of course, is famous for fine-tasting foods, and parquet is no exception. Yes, thousands of housewives have found that parquet is the margarine with the delicious flavor, grand for table use and for cooking, because it tastes so downright good. Now, nourishing and good tasting as parquet margarine is, it's economical, too. So surely you should try it. Tomorrow, ask for parquet margarine. Just say parquet. P-A-R-K-A-Y. <laughs>
I'm so glad you've given up all those nasty old resolutions. Yes, yeah, so am I, Marjorie. Now, I've got a surprise for you. Oh, surprise? You have? Well, I love surprises. All right. Close your eyes. Yeah, like this? Yes. Now, open your mouth. Uh, like that? Yes. Now, close it again. Yeah. <clears throat> What's this? One of the cigars I gave you for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> now, you can smoke as many as you want. Isn't that dandy? Good night, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Original music heard on this program was composed and conducted by William Randolph. This is Jim Bannon speaking for the Kraft Cheese Company and inviting you to be with us again next week at this same time for the further adventures of The Great Gildersleeve. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is the Danny Kay Show. With Harry James and his music makers. Presented by Pabst Blue Ribbon. 33 fine brews blended into one great beer. Yes, neighbors, for your entertainment, Pabst Blue Ribbon presents Eve Arden, Lionel Stander, Kitty Callan, Bob Jellison, the outstanding music of America's top band, Harry James and his music makers, yours truly, Ken Niles, and Danny Kaye. Tonight we find that a new interest has entered into Danny Kaye's complicated life. For as we open the door that leads into his hotel room, we find him trying to teach his new dog a few tricks with the assistance of Lionel Stander. <laughs> All right, now, now sit up. Atta boy, sit up, sit up, 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 up. That's it. Now roll over, roll over. Atta boy. Now lay down and play dead. Play dead. That's a good dog. Now hold your paws up. Paws up. There's a good fella. Okay, thanks, Lionel. Now so let's see if the dog can do it. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I bet you he don't catch on as fast as I did. Well, we'll see. <laughs> now come here, Fletcher. <laughs> All right, now Fletcher, come on, sit up. <laughs> see, Lionel, he did it the first time. He's smart, all right. What kind of a dog is he, Danny? Oh, he's a genuine Tennessee bear hound. No. Yeah. 
catches bears. <laughs> well, I don't know about bears, but he sure caught something between here and Tennessee. <laughs> Look at him scratch. Yeah, you're right, Lionel. That's, uh, that's terrible. He's got fleas, you know. Yeah, I wonder how to get rid of them. They're very annoying. I've had them several times. <laughs> how did you get rid of them? Who got rid of them? <laughs> hmm, maybe I'd better dip you both in kerosene. Hello, Hello Evie. Hello, kid. Oh, 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 oh. What's that? That's my dog, Fletcher. <laughs> oh, Evie, isn't that sweet? He likes your leg makeup. Yeah, well, let him buy his own. It's two bucks a bottle. <laughs> you know, Evie, he's a genuine Tennessee bear dog and smart as a whip. Yeah, I bet Lionel Stander can do more tricks than he can. You're wrong, Miss Arden. He beat me fair and square. <laughs> Fletcher is a very talented animal, really. Knows music and everything. What does he sing? Trees? <laughs> I'm serious, Evie. Fletcher is very musical. Come on, Fletcher. Let's put on a show for your Aunt Evie. <laughs> All right, you ready? La, 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 lum. <laughs> la, 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 lum. <laughs> Well, well, a canine Crosby. <laughs> yeah, and that is all he can do. Fletcher, how much is uh, one plus one? Mm-hmm. Hey, Danny, try me on that. <laughs> all right, Lionel, how much is two and two? Wait a minute. You gave him one and one. <laughs> Look, I hate to interrupt these mental acrobatics, but if Mr. Burke, the manager of the hotel, finds that dog in here, you're going to be in trouble. Well, then it's up to us to see that Mr. Burke doesn't find this dog in here. <laughs> Quiet, Fletcher. It's a fine time to be smart. Uh, who is it? Mr. Burke, the manager. Oh, Lionel, quick, hide Fletcher. Put him in the closet. Come in. Hello, Mr. Burke. Nice day, isn't it? Is it? Well, it was. (laughs) Very unsettled weather and conversation we're having. Mr. K, my house detective tells me he saw you coming up the back stairs with a dog. A dog? You mean D-O-G, dog? I don't mean C-A-T, dog. (laughs) Now, for through with his spelling bee, I'd like you to explain what that package of dog biscuits is doing there on the table. The dog biscuits? You mean... Yes, I mean D-O-G, biscuits. That's a funny way to spell biscuits. <laughs> oh, biscuits. Dog, bisque dog. Oh, dog biscuits. Yes, of course. Uh, they're Lionel's. <laughs> Go ahead, Lionel. Eat one for the man. But then... Go you... ahead and eat one. Oh, all right. Say, these are real tasty. Let me have another one, Danny. Now, don't stuff yourself, Lionel. Remember, you've got a dinner date with Lassie. You see, Mr. Burke, you got all excited over nothing Besides, if somebody did have a very exceptional dog One with a lot of talent, why couldn't he live here? I don't care anything about talent, it's the noise I threw a musician out last week because he played his violin all day long All you could hear was da, 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 da (laughs) Ah, just as I thought, you do have a dog in here He's in that closet Quiet, Fletcher, quiet Mr. Burke is a very nice man He's the manager of the hotel
tell. <laughs> Mr. K, I'll thank both you and the dog to stop licking my hand. Now get this dog out of the hotel at once, you understand? Mr. Burke, I warn you, if this dog goes, I go too An excellent idea, why didn't I think of that? If Mr. K goes, I go too Fine, this is getting better every minute Come on, Lionel, let's go Danny, before you get too impulsive, remember there's a housing shortage No, I don't care about that Come on, Fletcher Nice little doggy, what to do with the dog? <laughs> Come on, we'll find a place, won't we? <laughs> See, Evie, we'll call you just as soon as we find a house to live in. All right, but by that time, I might be too old to answer the phone. <laughs> Come on, Fletcher, hurry up. We're half a block behind Danny now. Hey, uh, Lionel, walking your dog? Yeah, I can, except it ain't my dog, it's Danny's. Fletcher's a genuine Tennessee bear pup. Uh, did you say a beer pup? No, I said genuine bear pup. Well, well, a real thoroughbred, huh? Did he ever wet any blue ribbons? No, and he don't drink beer either. <laughs> well, that's just too bad for him, because wherever smart people gather, they always order Pap's blue ribbon. Well, anyhow, Fletch is a pretty smart dog. He can count up to two syllables. Can he count up to 33? I don't know. I have trouble counting that high myself. Well, I don't because 33 always reminds me of the 33 fine brews that are perfectly blended to make smooth, full-flavored Paps Blue Ribbon. Well, I better go. Danny, Fletcher, and me are looking for a house to live in. A dog house? Oh, no, a real house. Well, you'll never have to worry about landing in the dog house if you serve Paps Blue Ribbon. For it has the most delicious flavor that ever flowed from a bottle. That's why people order it with confidence and serve it with pride. Well, Mr. Niles, as much as I love to hear you talk, me and Fletcher's got to catch up to Danny. Well, no matter where you go, remember, there's no finer beer, no finer blend than Pap's Blue Ribbon. So long, Lionel. Well, while our dispossessed trio go off in search of living quarters, Kitty Callan joins Harry James and his music makers in their new Columbia-recorded arrangement... Of I'm beginning to see the light.
never cared much for moonless skies. I never winked back at fireflies. But now that the stars are in your eyes, I'm beginning to see the light. I never went in for afterglow or candlelight on the mistletoe. But now when you turn the lamp down low, I'm beginning to see the light. Used to ramble through the park, shadow boxing in the dark. Then you came and caused a spark. That's a four-long fire now. I never made love by lantern shine. I never saw rainbows in my wine. But now that your lips are burning mine, I'm beginning to see the light. have passed, and we find Danny, Lionel, and Fletcher trudging along the street, searching in vain for a place to live. Gosh, Danny, we comb this town, there ain't a vacancy anywhere. Well, we mustn't get discouraged, Lionel. See, <laughs> Fletcher is getting a little bit beat, too. Oh, that we were birds. All we'd have to do is pick up a few twigs, build ourselves a nest, and we'd be all set. Mm-hmm. Lionel, you and I and the dog would look pretty silly living in the crotch of a tree. <laughs> Say, I got an idea. Let's send Fletcher into a butcher shop to steal a string of frankfurters. What for? Don't you see? Then maybe they'll put all three of us in the dog pound for a couple of weeks. <laughs> With our luck, they just take Fletcher. Boy, what characters you see on this street. Get a load of this guy coming towards us with a big hat, white mustache, and a goatee. Well, hello there, boy. Good old boy. Yeah. I beg your pardon, gentlemen, but isn't this your dog a Tennessee bear hound? Yes, sir, he is. Gad, I knew it. Finest animal that walks on four feet. Permit me to introduce myself. I am Colonel Eustace J. Oglethorpe. Well, glad to know you, Colonel, sir. Glad to know you, yeah. <laughs> My name is Daniel K. Daniel K. what? That's all, Colonel. Just Daniel K. That's all. <laughs> well, sir, I might have known when I saw that fine bear hound, he'd belong to a southern gentleman, sir. You are from the south, aren't you? No, but I'd be glad to move there if I could get a room. <laughs> I beg your pardon, sir, but you seem to have lost your southern drawl. Oh, I was just clowning around, Colonel. I, I like to get around like that. You see, uh, I'm an actor. <laughs> yeah, what good fortune. Meeting a Tennessee bear hound and an actor all on the same day. 
Well, it's been nice meeting you, too, but uh, we've got, haven't got a place to live in, and it's getting late, you know. If I may presume upon such short acquaintance, I'd like to offer you the haven of Colonel Eustace J. Oglethorpe's experimental theater for eager amateurs. Live in a little theater? Well, certainly. There are rooms there. Ample room for all of you. Well, Colonel, it's nice of you to offer us your hospitality, but uh, you hardly know us. Sir, I declare that any man that owns a Tennessee bear hound is a friend of mine. Well, sir, I declare that any man that owns an empty room is a friend of mine. Yes. <laughs> Gosh, Evie, isn't this a cute little theater? I think it's going to be a swell place for me to live. Well, it's as good a place as the Phantom of the Opera had. <laughs> and that Colonel Oglethorpe, if he doesn't stop calling me his magnolia blossom and pinching my cheek, I'm going to tie his goatee to his shoelaces and roll him around the block. I always wondered about them goatees. Who started them? People or goats? Smile, stop wondering and open the door. Oh, well... <laughs> Well, hello. What can I do for you? I'm the laundry man. <laughs> Here's the colonel's bundle. Oh, oh, is it? Well, when did he send it out? August 1943. <laughs> August 1943? You realize this is February 1945? Yes, I know. This was a special. <laughs> Say, you know, it must be pretty rough in your business with this uh, manpower shortage. Oh, it's nothing new to me. My wife says there's always been a manpower shortage in our house. <laughs> I'm afraid you're just being modest. Say, what are all these people doing here? Is the colonel finally going to put on one of my plays? One of your plays? What plays have you written? A Hoot and a Heather, Meet Me in Pomona Mona, and forever and annoying. If I ever sell a play, we're going to straighten up and fly right. <laughs> well, I hope it's soon. I got to know in here if you can to look in over. Oh, sure. I'd be glad to. Let me see. It says, um, hmm, Uncle Daniel's cabin. Say, this sounds interesting. Come with us to the land of chivalry, the deep sooth, where if a youth is uncouth, he gets slapped in the mooth. <laughs> Our play takes place in a little southern town that is best described on page 328 of Lockenford's Or better known to your local lending library as Gone with the Wind. Oh, that's fine. We walk down the main street, turn to the right on the next street, and there it stands. Uncle Dan's cabin. Uncle Daniel, there hasn't been a customer in this here roadhouse in weeks. I know it, little Eve, I know it. Topsy's place across the road is doing all business. <laughs> yes, Uncle Daniel. All the buses stop there. I wonder why. Well, all the people have been riding for eight hours. They've got to stop somewhere. <laughs> people got to eat, you know. <laughs> well... They'd just better start eating here. Simon Legree holds a big mortgage on this place, and it's due tonight, and if you don't pay up, out in the cold you go. 
Is it really cold outside? Cold? <laughs> well, Uncle Dan, when I walked over here, I met Mason, and he was wearing Dixon's Snuggies. <laughs> He'd do that? he do Well, that. I can't let family agree take away this little old cabin. This place that once echoed to the laughter of little old children. <laughs> oh, no, this cabin where I used to hear the patter of tiny feet. Pitter-patter, pitter-patter. And sometimes you heard patter-pitter, patter-pitter. <laughs> that was my backward brother. Well, Uncle Daniel, if I'm not being too nosy, how are you going to pay the mortgage? Have you got any money, honey? No, baby. Have you got any collateral? No, baby. Then what have you got? I got a song. I got a song. What kind of song? I got a railroad song. I got a railroad song. Railroad needs a hammer. Hammer got to be. Railroad gets a hammer. Back at that hammer is little old me. Railroad needs the tracks, little me lays the tracks. Now then come the facts, the big gold train come whistling by. He puffing your face and he spitting your eye. Choo choo, goodbye. That is a railroad song. I got a song, what kind of song? I got a bullfrog song. I got a bullfrog song. Bullfrog needs a big swamp, big swamp got to be. Bullfrog gets a big swamp, and back at that swamp lives little old me. Bullfrog starts to croak, I yells, don't you croak. Then he up and spoke, oh, the brown boy sing and the bullfrog croak, but I got a greenback, you is broke, boom, boom, big joke. That is the bullfrog song. That is the bullfrog song. That is the bullfrog song. Perfectly beautiful, Uncle Daniel, but it don't pay up the mortgage, and here comes Simon Legree now. Oh, how can I face that man? He's such a hard, cruel man. There isn't an ounce of mercy in his stony heart. Oh, hello. <laughs> Are you the tough, stony-hearted Simon Legree? I ain't Fanny Farmer. <laughs> now, about that mortgage, you better pay up. The last guy that didn't pay me is in the hospital. He is? Yeah. He is an intern. <laughs> Look here, Simon Agree. Won't you give me an extension? Okay, you talk me into it. <laughs> I knew you were a good old man, Simon Agree. You done have a heart of gold. I have not. I'm nasty. I'm telling you, nasty. Call <laughs> me back. I gotta think of a way to attract some business here. I, I, oh, I got it. I think I'm going to advertise that the ink spots are appearing here nightly. The ink spots? You can't even afford a blobber. <laughs> well, they're not really going to be here. I'm just going to imitate them. <laughs> 
Oh, now that I'd like to see, you imitating the ink spots. Well, all right, I'd do that for you. If I didn't care... Honey, talk to me to please <laughs> Just as I love you... No, you can't go away like that, honey. Leave me going. Now, now hold it a now. second, Uncle Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Look here, Uncle Dan. A customer just came in. But what are you standing there for? Get to work there. Okay, Uncle Dan. Here you are. Get your cigars, cigarettes, steaks, gasoline, and other picture postcards. <laughs> hey, uh, good evening, sir. Hello, I'd like to rent your place tomorrow evening for a dinner party. There'll be 800 people. Money is no object. Did you hear that, Eva? We'll be able to pay off the mortgage. Oh, just one thing. Be sure that Archie is here. Archie? Who's Archie? Ain't this Duffy's tavern? <laughs> no, this is Uncle Dan's cabin. Cancel the order. Oh, that's the last straw. Oh, no, no, Uncle Dan. Put down that gun. Don't shoot yourself. <laughs> it's too late. Honey, I done punctured myself. <laughs> this is the air. I'm stinking fast. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, little Eva. Goodbye, Uncle Dan. <laughs> but before I go, I just want to say one thing. Yes, Uncle Dan. <laughs> Take care of my grandfather, Clark. Grandpa's still in it. He thinks it's a telephone booth. <laughs> I will, Uncle Dan. Yeah. And now I'm going. Goodbye, Uncle Dan. But before I go, I just want to say one thing. Yes. Yeah. Evie, you can have my old banjo. If you want to play it, you'll find a string in my yellow pajamas. I'll look for it, Uncle Dan. And now I'm going. Goodbye, Uncle Dan. But before I go, I just want to say one thing. What's that, Uncle Dan? I'm a going. Goodbye, Uncle Dan. But before I go, I just want to say one thing. I'll say it! <laughs> Gather round me, everybody Then settle back and just sit tight While I start reviewing the attitude of doing right You got the accent, you wait the positive, he lives Minute the negative Latch on to the affirmative Don't mess with Mr. In-Between You gotta spread joy Up to the maximum Bring gloom down to the minimum Have faith or pandemonium Liable to walk upon a scene To illustrate my last remark Jonah in the way of Noah in the ark What did they do just when everything looked so dark? Man, they said we better act then She ate the positive, he limb Minded the negative, latch on To the affirmative, don't mess with Mr. In-Between Oh, good Lord knows that the world would be a mess if it weren't for the syllable Y-E-S. That's the onlyest way that the folks got hep, cause you can go forward with a backward step. Hallelujah, yes, yes. 
Yeah. Now, hear me, sister, while I take you through the ages and we're looking what was cooking on the history's pages. You'll find that informative right on the button would bring about a something where there used to be a nothing. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, yes. What did Eve say to Adam? Yes, yes. Lord, get diver to his madam. Yes, yes. And Gallagher to Sheen. Yes, yes. And Boston to the den. Yes, yes. Jack Benny to Hello Buck. Yes, yes. Mr. Sister, Mr. Roper. Yes, yes. Anthony to Cleopatra. Yes, yes. Bobby Socks to Sinatra. <laughs> Accentuate, accelerate, accumulate, accommodate, articulate, assimilate, and celebrate the positive, eliminate, discriminate, eradicate, repudiate, obliterate, and castigate, and fumigate the negative. <gasps> Boy, latch on, catch on, snatch on the affirmative. Don't mess with Mr. In Between. No, no, don't mess with Mr. In Between. That's great, Danny. Accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, etc., well, well, etc. Well. <laughs> if it isn't Lionel, one note. Thanks, Ken. Uh, you like my vocalizing? Well, frankly, all you do is sing one note over and over. So what? Well, a song can't be a great song with just one note any more than a beer can be a great beer with just one brew. That's why Pabst Blue Ribbon is made from never less than 33 brews, all blended together as only Pabst can do it to achieve the perfect flavor everyone enjoys in this truly great beer. Oh, I get it. Pabst accentuates the blendative. Ah, that's positive, Lionel. There just isn't any other way to ensure the grand, even goodness, the rich, rounded taste tones that make Pabst Blue Ribbon more than just another beer. I'm convinced. You've eliminated the interrogative. <laughs> yes, correct. There's no in-between about Pabst. You can order it with confidence and serve it with pride. For no matter where you go, there is no finer beer, no finer blend than Pabst Blue Ribbon. Well, friends, I hope you've all had fun with us tonight. And before Ken tells you about next week, I'd like to spend a few serious moments with you, if I may. You know, every time I see a list of men who have been decorated in this war... I think how many different kinds of people it takes to make America. Browns and Selinskys, Cones and Kellys, Moriello and Mullers. You know, they're all good American names, and I think they each have a message for us. They say, we who bear these names have fought together, men of many different races and creeds, brothers in arms. And when this war is over, let all Americans continue to act as brothers, brothers in peace. That's the purpose of Brotherhood Week, which begins tomorrow, to fight bigotry and intolerance, to promote brotherhood and justice. Those are the ideals which every one of us should support with his whole heart. This performance of Danny Kay and Company will be transmitted to our men and women overseas by shortwave and through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Good luck to all of you, and... Good night. This program was directed by Dick Mack and was brought to you by the Pabst Brewing Company of the Washington and Peoria, Illinois. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for